When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In terms of series predictions, simple. Boston's going to take game one. L.A. will remember the greatest pitcher in postseason history is getting the ball in game two, and that's David Price. Sox and one. and gentlemen, welcome to the 3-0 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. Here's your host, Kyle Corwin. What up, what up, and welcome back to the 3-0 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. This is episode 17. I'll be your host, Kyle Corwin, and that's all you're getting today. No Nate. Nate has been MIA the past couple days due to an unforeseen sickness can barely talk it's it's quite frankly a whisper uh so obviously unable to hop on the world series preview episode understandably so just had a rough go this year being a fan of that team from new york uh so nate i don't blame you i'm sure you're i'm sure you're listening um Hope you feel better, but I understand how this sickness kind of just came up out of nowhere. I understand why you would want to just create this this sickness all out of nowhere. It makes sense. I don't blame you. I'd do the same thing probably. Um, but anyway, if Nate was here, I would tell him that I almost pulled the trigger. I almost decided to get a ticket for Game 2 of the World Series. My schedule would have allowed for it. Uh, I would have had to pull some strings a little bit to make it work, but decided not to because uh, World Series is expensive. And it doesn't even matter if you use SeatGeek. It's expensive. I mean, you could use our promo code and save $20 instantly. I could have used our promo code and saved $20 instantly. But that trip for a flight up and a flight back, plus a ticket, plus Uber rides, that's that's expensive stuff. Speaking of SeatGeek, let me just get this promo ad out of the way so we can dive into into the real action. SeatGeek is the answer to all your ticket needs. Are you looking for tickets? Do you have plans with friends or family to make it to an upcoming game or concert? Or are you even looking months ahead to nail down a date to get tickets before they sell out? With SeatGeek, you can find tickets to games, concerts, shows, and even theater performances with just a few easy clicks. We're making it even better for you if you're a first-time user of SeatGeek. The next time you add some tickets to your cart, Use our promo code DTD at checkout to save $20 instantly off your first purchase as a first-time user. That's all you got to do to save some of that cold, hard cash and our promo code DTD at checkout. Well, that might be the earliest I've ever done a promo read, but I'm not upset about it because we get to dive into the World Series, Boston Red Sox, Los Angeles Dodgers, but I'm going to pump the brakes on that. We got to wrap up the end of these championship series uh, that Nate and I were planning on covering today. Um, game five, Boston Houston series. I just want you all to close your eyes for a second. Just close your eyes. All right. Are you doing that? Close your eyes. 
Imagine not winning a single ALCS game at home and you cap it with a loss to a guy who's never won a postseason start in his career. That would be tragic, wouldn't it? But the Sox did it. The Sox clinched it in Houston. Surprise to me, I will say. I, As much talk as I was putting out there, I wasn't all that confident that we'd go in there and win multiple games, but we made it work. Sox clinched a World Series berth on Alex Cora's 43rd birthday. What kind of... What better birthday gift to give to your manager than punching a ticket to a World Series in his first season as a manager? But uh, like I like I proposed at the end of last episode, it actually happened. I'm sure you all remember episode 16 when I was uh, when I asked Nate about whether or not Houston might take that that game five a little little lightly with Verlander on the mound. People were saying, "Oh, this is a slam dunk. He pitches." Best in big games, prices going up against them. This is just put it in the bag already. This is going to Houston. We're going to game six. I don't think many people saw David Price coming out pitching on three days rest as a starter for the first time in his career and outdueling one of the best pitchers in postseason history. Price came out and threw six innings of shutout ball. He allowed three hits, struck out nine, and walked nobody. I don't think any of us saw that coming, and I'm sure if Nate was on here, he'd be saying the same thing. That was uh, that was quite a gutsy performance on his part. Verlander can't take anything away from him. Dude still has a resume like nobody else, at least in the postseason. Uh, future Hall of Famer, no doubt. But like I said, I was not all that confident going into that game. But the minute, the minute that I saw J.D. Martinez poke a hole in his armor, in Verlander's armor. I said, nah, this one this one might be over. We might be heading to the World Series after tonight. But speaking of JD, it was it was good to see him finally put his own exclamation point on the series. He hadn't been doing terribly well uh throughout the series, at least from my point of view. I'm sure if maybe if you look at advanced numbers or advanced analytics, he might have con- contributed in a in a unique way, but just to the naked eye, it just didn't seem like he was living up to the potential that he had shown during the regular season, but it was good to see him finally break out in the, in the clinching game. Uh, Raphael Devers notching a home run of his own. Uh, that guy can hit some big names, man. I'm sure if you, if y'all remember turning on like a 101 fastball off of uh Chapman, I think it was last year, that dude, clearly just has no concept of like what intimidation is. He he just goes up there and hits baseballs. It was it was impressive to see. And like I said, once I saw JD Martinez take Verlander deep, add on top of that Rafael Devers three run home run, I was like, there's no way that the Houston fan base will be able to to bring their team back from this one. This one's over. Put a nail in it. It's done. But something worth addressing, Alex Bregman. This will be the last time I talk about him this year, hopefully. Dude's a tool. Uh, for the record, went 2-for-13 with 1RBI and 3Ks after posting to his Instagram story. Not to mention 0-for-4 with 2Ks and a throwing error in Game 5. That's not the kind of numbers you want to put up 
if you're going to be big talk. That's all I'm going to say. JBJ, on the other hand, who keeps his mouth shut, hit a three-run double in Game 2, go-ahead three-run double, an eighth-inning grand slam in Game 3, and a go-ahead two-run homer in the 16-inning of Game 4, was named the ALCS MVP. So kids, take a lesson. Keep your mouth shut, handle your business, and you'll be rewarded for it. It's that simple. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There's no there's no gray area. This is completely black and white. If you keep your mouth shut, do your business, you'll get rewarded for it. You don't need to be giving other teams or other people bulletin board material that I think we learned through two series of the postseason right now with Boston. You don't do that. But anyway, we all knew Boston was going to win that series anyway. So let's hop over to the National League, run through these real quick, and then we'll we'll get into the preview of the the grand finale, the fall classic. Uh, Dodgers Brewers, Miller Park. I'm gonna give it to you guys. They they were they were popping game six at least. Uh, they came out booing Machado right out of the gate, which just gives me life. Uh, Mister Game Six, however, David Freeze leads off with a home run. Not the way you want to start. Uh, but they answered. Brewers answered. Four run first inning. That's big time, especially at home, being able to feed off that that energy from the fans, kind of get them back in the game. Uh, Jesus Aguilar with a huge game, three hits, three RBIs. Um, and because of that offense, uh, Hayter was able to stay rested through game six. He was unused. And to be honest with you, I thought that that kind of that momentum, the 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 big time offense, the ability to kind of save your your bigger pitchers. I thought that momentum would carry into game seven, but there was something about game seven that just seemed different to me. I don't know what it was. I don't know if y'all necessarily agree, but to me, it just seemed that the energy in Miller Park seemed a little different. It was almost like this attitude of like, well, we made it to game seven. We're here. Like this, we're, we're well beyond the expectations that a lot of people set out for us on opening day. This is it for us. I don't know. It, it didn't seem like they necessarily gave up, but it just seemed it didn't seem like a it, it didn't seem like a very confident energy. I don't know how else to say it. I don't again. I don't know if anybody kind of felt the same way if they were watching it on TV. It, it might have been completely different in the actual stadium. There's a very good chance that's the case. Uh, but from what I could tell on TV, it just when they when they panned around the fans, they just it, there was a very unsure look about them, and I don't know what what that was because of, but that's. That's what I gathered. Um, but talking about a guy who did have confidence, Walker Bueller. Holy cow. Talk about the stones on that guy, man. A rookie coming in there, throwing four and two-thirds innings of one-run ball. I mean, the only run you give up is a home run to the National League MVP or who we can all assume is going to be the National League MVP. Um, a couple other guys that showed up big time, Bellinger and Puig, both with big home runs. Uh, the latter was obviously the nail in the coffin, meaning Puig's. Uh, but something we need to talk about: Chris Taylor's quote-unquote miracle catch. Come on, guys, let's let let's pump the brakes on this a little bit. Surely, it was a big-time catch, given the situation, the circumstances, all all that was at stake. It was a huge, huge play. But let's not act like that was the only way that play could have been made. He took a terrible, terrible route, and anybody who's played baseball or played in the outfield for any length of time could recognize that as soon as it happened. It was a terrible route, and he even admitted himself. He said, quote, 
it kind of tailed a lot. So my original route, I had to kind of banana back towards the wall. I was just glad I was able to make the adjustment and make the play. Now again, not taking anything away from it. It was a huge, huge play. Tie and run was on second. There was just a lot that could have went wrong for Los Angeles right there, but he was an athlete and he made the adjustment, like he said, and made the play. It was huge. But we got to stop calling this like a miracle catch or like this sports center type play. Sure, it it I'm sure it ended up on sports center top 10. But if he takes a normal route to that, it's like just above routine. Like, I mean, it might be like a good catch, but it's not going to be this quote unquote miracle catch. And if you don't believe me, go back and watch it. Just look how bad his route was. And again, I'm not saying that's that's on him. It could have been the the environment. It could have been the, just the way he saw it off the bat. Whatever it was, just was not as good as people are making it out to be. But uh, to me, that was that was kind of what wrapped up that series for Los Angeles. Returning back once again, second year in a row, uh, facing the Sox. Been calling it since August. And honestly, I would have called it earlier had we started the podcast earlier, but uh, we started, if I recall, like July, August, and we opened up with some predictions right out of the gate. And I said, Boston, LA, Nate had asked me and I've, and I've stuck to my guns. I haven't, haven't wavered. Um, something I am looking forward to, forward to about this World Series, I will say, removing the teams from it, is we finally get to move on to Fox exclusively. Although I'm not the greatest fan of Joe Buck, you all know how I feel about TBS, and I would take Joe Buck 11 times out of 10 if I could. Uh, But like I said, Dodgers back in the World Series, Sox first time since 2013. These teams are meeting for the first time since 1916, uh, which is, if you're counting at home, 102 years. Uh, The Red Sox and the Brooklyn Robins which they were named at the time after manager Wilbert Robinson. Boston ended up beating Brooklyn in five games for its fourth title. Um, But to me, kind of looking at this series, this matchup, the theme is really, for both teams, unfinished business. And I say that meaning that I think they're looking to, to finish business in a different manner. The Dodgers, to me, are looking for redemption after falling short in Game 7 last year. But Boston is looking to apply some finishing touches to their best season in franchise history. Um, there's been a lot of people coming out and saying, really, right out of the gate, because of the talent they had from opening day, that if they finished with anything short of a World Series title, that the season would be a bust. So to me the the unfinished business for Boston is wrapping this thing up with a bow in the form of a World Series ring. And the thing that gets me excited about this matchup is because these are arguably two of the deepest lineups in baseball, if not the deepest. And I think we've seen that play out in front of us over the course of these past couple weeks since the postseason started. Uh, they obviously wouldn't be here if they didn't have um, options to work with. And you can credit a lot of that to, to both managers, Alex Cora and Dave Roberts, both of whom uh, played for the Red Sox and Dodgers at, at different points in their career. Uh, they were teammates at one point. But a couple things we have to keep an eye out for, some noteworthy numbers. Uh, for the Dodgers, Max Muncy, 
He had 13 strikeouts and 22 at-bats during the NLCS. Uh, Kike Hernandez was 1 for 14 with 8 Ks. On the other side, Boston, uh, in reference to Game 1 with Kershaw going, you got J.D. Martinez, who's 5 for 11 against Kershaw in his career. Because J.D., as many of you already know, was out in uh, Arizona, so they were in the same division, duking it out. Um, five for 11 with two home runs against Kershaw. Uh, but the thing here's the, here's the negative for Boston is they're ranked first in OPS against right-handed, right-handed pitching this season. Uh, and, and they notched a mark of eight seventeen, but they ranked 18th against lefties with an OPS of seven one nine. And the thing that is working against them in this series is the Dodgers have three lefty starters and that's Kershaw Hill and Ryu. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And staying with the theme of lefties, if Nate were here, I would ask him, can you trust David Price in a World Series game after watching his last performance? Like I know I know in watching game five of the ALCS that I almost saw him like break out of this this shell that had been surrounding him for so many years. He couldn't he couldn't get the monkey off his back. And something, I don't know, he showed more emotion both during and after the game. Um, there was just something about him. He just broke out of this shell, and he just seems like this this completely new pitcher, this new like baseball player. And I don't know if that if that's going to transition to the World Series. Like I don't know if he was able to bring that that energy, if you will, uh, from Houston back to Boston. But I'm hoping that he can feed off of this positive. Uh, vibe that's surrounding him both from the organization and its fans because there have been a lot of people uh, giving Price props for his efforts in Houston understandably so and rightfully so Uh, but it'll be interesting to see if he can if he can kind of feed off that or if if there's going to be too much time that passes to where that kind of that kind of fades away so I'm going to be really curious to see if if he can build off that in game two but like I say on here all the time, time will tell. We'll see. Anything can happen. Um, but uh, flipping it over to L.A., looking at their pitching, they had one of the best bullpens in the postseason. Uh, specifically, looking at their efforts in the NLCS, uh, their bullpen had a one four five ERA, uh, which is tough to do against Milwaukee. Obviously a, a dangerous lineup there. Very impressive, and it'll be curious to see how that how that bullpen responds to a presumed hostile Fenway. But yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I'm curious to see how, how these staffs go up against each other in the, in a similar fashion um, or in a similar manner, rather to the way that I was curious to see how the Houston Boston staffs would match up against each other. Um, saw a few surprises uh, for both teams and I have a feeling just with the nature of this clash of titans, if you will, in the World Series, I have a feeling we're going to see some more surprises on on both teams. Who knows? Um, bringing it back to Kershaw, I was unaware of this until just the other day. Never faced the Red Sox. L.A. had played Boston, uh, I want to say, two years ago. Um, but I uh, believe the records show that he did not pitch that series. So that'll be interesting. Never pitched in Fenway. So 
we'll see if he can not only keep the the postseason ghost away from him because he's he's similar to Price. He seemed to kind of shake that as of late. So we'll see if he can do that. But he also he also again, like the bullpen, will have to face uh, a rowdy Fenway um, and a like I said a dangerous Boston lineup. So it'll it'll be interesting to see. Um, another another thing that we'll have to look forward to to see how it plays out is whether Mookie Betts gets shifted around a little bit at a National League park. Um, there's speculation about him either playing center field or second base, and so it comes down to whether or not you'd be more willing to sit your ALCS MVP, JBJ, and let Mookie play center, um, or would you play him at second and sit either Kinsler or Holt, depending upon who would be playing that particular game? It'd be curious. I'd be curious to see what moves Cora makes because up until this point, he's pretty much he's he's pushed all the right buttons. He's made he's made the right move in just about every situation thus far. Um, so I don't know if he's come out and dis- and made that announcement yet. I don't know if it's official whether or not Mookie's going to be shifting around to the infield or uh, over to center, but it'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really looking forward to this. Like I said at the beginning, almost pulled the trigger, almost wanted to go because I'm a huge old school matchup kind of guy. Love the fact that Boston's playing LA. If it were if it were Boston and Milwaukee in the series, I don't know if I would have kind of dug around uh looking for tickets as much, but because it's Boston LA, that like that to me that's just like a classic World Series. And I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, how these teams come out swinging. Uh, bold predictions. Um, I was hoping to get Nate's take on this, but unfortunately won't be able to do that. Um, I'm going to say Brock Holt has one of the top three most memorable moments slash plays of this entire series. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be a huge home run. I don't know if it's going to be a, a a game-saving play in the field. But this guy has been the ultimate teammate this year. He hasn't he hasn't started, I'm sure, as many games as he would like, but he has played the ultimate teammate role, coming off the bench at times. And not only coming off the bench, but like actually being good off the bench. Like He doesn't come off cold. He he steps up there in the box and just handles his business, and he's done that throughout the throughout the entire season. So I think he's gonna. Be, I think the baseball gods are gonna re- reward him a little bit for that. I think he's gonna he's gonna have his moment in this World Series, and I think he's gonna have again one of the top three uh, most memorable plays or moments of this this World Series. Um, in terms of series predictions, simple. Boston's going to take game one. L.A. will remember the greatest pitcher in postseason history is getting the ball in game two, and that's David Price. And they're going to be forced to forfeit the series because at that point you're going back to L.A. down two games to none, and you just don't want to play the Red Sox if they're on the road. You just don't. Just ask Houston. Sox and one. Well, this is where I would ask Nate if he had any other thoughts, uh, but... 
no Nate, no questions. I'm done. I'm excited. This series is going to be a blast. It's a shame it's only going to be one game. But I'm really looking forward to watching these teams duke it out. It, this is going to be this is just going to be fun. This is going to be good baseball. But like I said, that's all I got. As always, thanks for tuning in. Hopefully, both Nate and I will catch back up with you guys later this week to recap the first couple games of the World Series. Uh, again, there's only going to be one game, so don't know how that's going to play out. Uh, in the meantime, subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to it and leave that review. Five stars. We love you all, and as always, we're looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until then, stay filthy. Yeah.